no matter what background you have, I think ultimately it's always down to you to be confident because nobody else can do that job for you. Hello and welcome to Conversations in Confidence, a podcast by It Cosmetics UK. I'm your host, Rose Gallagher, the UK and Ireland brand ambassador, and each week I'm going to talk to some of our friends from the industry about their own confidence journey. This morning, I'm talking to Rady. You may well know Rady for her bright and colourful makeup looks, and she's always experimenting with bold new colours and styles. Um, but Rady's always been such an it cosmetic supporter from day one, and she even got invited to spend some time with our founder, Jamie Kern Lima, because all the team love her. And in addition, Rady often shares part of her body and skin confidence journey in an attempt to make other people feel better. So I thought she'd be such a lovely person for you to meet today. Um, But before we begin, I just wanted to share that we may touch on some body confidence pointers in this discussion that might be a bit harder to listen to if you're currently having a difficult time with that topic. So this in mind, if you prefer not to join us for this chat, you can listen to more Conversations in Confidence episodes wherever you find your podcasts. But for now, Rady, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's been so um, requested, actually, a little chat with you. So many of the girls in the office in particular were saying, when are we going to have one with Rady? So, um, yeah, we've all been looking forward to it. Thank you. And how has your lockdown experience been so far? Well, my lockdown experience has been really good. You know, like I feel super privileged to be able to spend all this time with my husband and my little brother who lives with us. Um, so it's incredible how much, you know, memories you can actually create just from being at home and spending all this quality time together. So, yeah, it felt amazing. And I also feel like it kind of provided me with a chance to like do stuff that I've always wanted to do, but never found time to do it. Um, like, for example, I've bought a ukulele, which is really funny. So I play a couple songs and it's really cool. Oh, that's amazing. It's true, actually. Like, I think that we've all found a lot of comfort in a being able to do things that we've potentially wanted to do and not been able to find the time. But also, like you were saying about the memories made, just simple things like I'm cooking a lot more with my mum and dad. And it can be really simple things like that that just give you so much satisfaction. Yeah, so true. Yeah, so I'm actually very happy, you know, that I had the chance to do this because, you know, so many um, frontline workers and other essential people weren't really able to spend the time with their family. So I feel like we're really, really fortunate to be able to just be together. Definitely, definitely. Um, Well, one of the things that we love delving into on this podcast, we actually love kind of having a chat and getting to know someone's entire life and their personal setup and everything so I'm delighted you've touched on it but just to go back to the beginning for a moment would you describe yourself as a confident person? Um, I think that's a really interesting question because and kind of tricky as well because you know like I really never tend to think about myself in this way like I've never internally in my own head put myself in either of the boxes like confidence unconfidence um but I think that just the sole fact that I don't overthink it that much is possibly a good sign that I might be more on the confident side 
Um, but I, I really think it depends on the situation and also so many things like my mood on that particular day or, you know, stuff like that for like, for instance, um, I don't really mind like posting my body or, you know, my makeup because that's a space where I feel confident and I feel like people are accepting me for being me, which is amazing. And like, I was quite nervous on the other hand for today's interview, which is so funny because like we've known each other for a long time and like we've spoke to each other like before. Um, so it's really weird that I felt nervous and I was kind of like trying to analyze this feeling and kind of see where it came from. Um, and I just figure out that it was because I always strive for control and like perfection. And when I have like no control over things, I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's a bit different than having your own, own platform. Definitely. That makes sense. Definitely. And I think as well, it's a really big topic, confidence. And I completely agree that it it's such a difficult question because it means such different things in different contexts. Like there are parts of my day-to-day that I would say I feel confident in and other parts that I definitely wouldn't feel confident in. And actually, um, it's a very personal topic. And even when you are with a close friend or someone that you know well, it might be the case that you just haven't thought about these questions until you're in the situation of having to describe them. Like always, I just worry about like the silliest things in situations like this. Like I hope, oh my God, like I hope I won't stutter or like, you know, I hope people will find value in what I'm saying, which is just doubting yourself. Um, And I think there's so much to learn from it because basically I don't think that confidence should be conditioned by um, perfection. Obviously, I I think it's something that should be ever present um, and something that should just stem from within. So there's definitely like so much to learn and I just see confidence as a journey that I'm on and it's just so magical because there's so much to learn on the way. Absolutely and do you know something I really um it's funny you should mention about like confidence and perfection um I was having a chat with my mum the other day and there's a quote that I picked up I don't know recently and it says done is better than perfect And I said Mm -hmm. to my mom, I feel like I'm so much more productive now because I have accepted that not everything I do is going to be perfect. Whereas before I would have been so crippled with anxiety about getting something absolutely spot on that I wouldn't have even started a task and I wouldn't have got something done. Whereas now, even something as trivial as a makeup video, I know it's not going to be perfect, but I've done it. I've done my best and I'll share that. And now I feel like, I think perfection is a huge, huge obstacle to overcome in reaching a point of confidence. Yeah, definitely. And like, as you said, like as much as you put your best self out there, like that's all that matters, I think. Definitely, definitely. And so thinking about you and your best self, Rady, I actually watched a video recently that was, um, it was really funny. It was get to know me in three minutes. And it was this kind of uh, walk through all of these phases of your life. But it's funny, you can learn a lot in three minutes, evidently. Um, But I'd love to go back to maybe the beginning of your story. So you shared a bit about your background, being from a small town in Slovakia and your experiences at kindergarten and at school 
school. Um, so to go back to the beginning of that story, what are your earliest memories of school and making friends? Yeah, so um, I was basically a very outgoing, outspoken, kind of happy kid. Um, one of my earliest memories from around the time when I went to kindergarten for the first time was that I just tried to make friends with everyone. And it was just kind of natural for me. Like nobody ever told me like, you know, you, you got to make friends and it's important. Like I just felt like that was what I wanted to do. Like I just wanted to be friends with everyone. Yeah. So I would just approach everyone like straight away and just introduce myself and follow up with the question, like, would you like to be my friend? Um, so they were like kind of shocked and most people just said yes. And like, we became friends like straight away. And like, it never actually happened to me that somebody would ever say, no, I won't be your friend. You know what I mean? Like when you confront people like that, it's so funny that they actually naturally want to be your friends. And then I even came up with like a little hack. <laughs> so um, people would like me even more. So um, in Slovak, my old surname could translate as Smith. And when you changed it up and just like changed one um, letter in the word, it would basically mean cake. So I would change <laughs> up my surname and I would say that my name was Brady Cake. So people would like me more. And like, I figure out that all kids loved cakes. So I would be more likable. <laughs> um, so yeah, it mostly worked. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And it's, it's so true, actually. Like when you were saying that story, then I remember being at uni and you would have to go, you'd pretty much just have to do that. You'd meet people in your halls or in a lecture and say, do you want to be my friend? And it's true. It, it's not something you hear that often, but I'm thinking of this one particular boy. I remember asking him, just pretty much going up to him in my English class and saying, look, I think me and you would be friends. Do you want to be friends? And that's the end of that. And we <laughs> we still are friends now, but you do kind of have to put yourself out there, don't you? Yeah. Um, yeah but how do you think those first experiences and having to be the instigator impacted your confidence? Um, I just think it was a good lesson for me because like even now when I want to talk to someone um, or when I had a crush on a boy like growing up I would always you know express myself and just put myself out there um, so it was a really really good lesson and I always do it to this day so anytime I like somebody I do not waste my time on you know playing games or like waiting for the other person to approach me or like instigate things I'm, I'm the one who who does it and I'm comfortable with it so it's really good amazing and then it's so funny as well how it does impact those other areas of your life you know you've related it there to your dating experiences or you know there are so many different contexts where you have to approach people and make your feelings known whether it's work or personal yeah. life do you think that that translates into all of those facets of your life yeah definitely definitely um it's just interesting like how everything kind of comes together, like all the experiences that you gain in life. Um, and sometimes they can be good, they can be bad. But at one point in, in time, you actually realize that, oh, it's there's a really good reason for this happening this way that it is. And I think it's really, really cool. Yeah. And so later on, you'd moved from Slovakia and you came to London to study for your master's degree. And I remember you and I having a discussion last summer and you were telling me how, you know, it's different when English isn't your first language that just there are so many implications like 
you might be hysterical in Slovakia and have a really quick wit and know exactly when to come in for a joke. And it's just that slightly different experience when you're coming to terms with the language. So how do you think that experience was um, helping you to transition into a new place? Yeah, so in the beginning, like (laughs) my first reaction when we came to London was that I started to cry. It was just such a natural reaction. Like my, my boyfriend at the time, now husband, was like, oh my God, like what's happening? What's wrong? We've just moved to a new place. Everything's going to be fine. But I was just such a mess because um, I just felt like I was in the middle of, you know, an unknown place and I didn't know anyone. And I was just so, so shy. Um, and basically, although I'm naturally quite outspoken, and as I said, like I put myself out there, um, here I wouldn't you know speak to strangers unless I absolutely had to and it is the worst thing because you realize that this is not who you are this is not natural to you yet you can't really change it um, so my boyfriend back then um, noticed that something was wrong and he just kind of really encouraged me and pushed me in a good way to kind of come outside my comfort zone and the way he would do this was that any time that we needed to arrange something or make a call or like go to the bank or anything, like he would always make sure that I was the one who spoke. Um, and that really, really helped me initially to, um, you know, stop being afraid and just kind of make basic communications. So, And what was yeah. the source of that fear? What was it that you, what was it yeah. that you weren't as comfortable about? I think... It was, again, just that irrational strive for perfection, just because I love, you know, when I can say things exactly the way that I want to express them. And now I I just kind of lost it, um, the ability. And also, like, I came here to study, so my level of English was quite good. It wasn't like I couldn't speak. It was just all inside my own head. And I had to realize, like, it is okay if I speak and if I don't sound perfect if I don't sound like I'm the native speaker, if I stutter, if I, you know, if, if it takes me a while to find the words, it's okay. People will understand it and nobody, nobody will judge me for that. Um, so it took me a while and it actually took a couple um, therapy sessions to overcome this and to kind of find confidence and feel comfortable. So, yeah, but it definitely helped. And I'm not ashamed of, you know, taking the therapy because it really, really helped me. And I would definitely recommend it to everyone struggling with this. What was maybe the biggest epiphany you had once you'd had the therapy? What was the biggest thing that you took from that? Um, It was just, you know, coming to terms with not being able to control stuff that you can't really control. Like, it's okay to... To just, you know, have things done, as you said, like just to speak, just to try to make a connection, just to, you know, I would rather fail than to stay silent and not express myself at all. Like that's the worst that you can do, because ultimately that's what brings you regrets. And then you just sat at home thinking, what if I actually spoke back then or like said what I wanted to say? I I maybe could have had a new friend by now or like, you know, I could have make these amazing connections that I just, you know, missed because of my own fear that was paralyzing at the time. And I, I just see myself as somebody who is not afraid to speak and like perhaps even do this interview. Like I would have avoided it at all costs, like when I was like first came to England. And now I feel 
you know, good. And I don't, I don't care if people think I, I, I don't sound perfectly right or, you know, it's good because it's a learning process and um, I'm definitely more accepting of it now. And it's funny to hear that that was the journey that you were on because I've always known you to be such a good communicator. And one of the things I know when you were in London and studying and taking your master's degree, you also had this other kind of experience that came to light posting your videos and makeup things and then the next thing that just completely blew up and everybody went on that journey with you so what was that time like and what inspired you to first start sharing those pictures and videos you know I started all this all of my makeup journey when I first um, studied at university back home Mm -hmm. and it was because I was always a really creative kind of person like I wasn't excelling in any of those activities but I just really enjoyed doing them like playing the guitar or singing or drawing and I just felt like being at uni I didn't really have that much time for all these activities that I once used to enjoy so I was kind of looking for like a new spark in my life that um, would really keep me occupied and like happy amidst of all things so um, I kind of kind of had my eyes opened and you know I was you know browsing on the internet and I found some YouTube videos and I found beauty gurus and makeup tutorials and as I watched those videos I just thought this is actually amazing because makeup can be a form of art and it is actually a form of self-expression and I never ever saw it like that I just always thought it was a way to cover your, your imperfections yeah so I all of a sudden started to see it in a completely different way. And um, I just really desperately wanted to be on that journey and try it myself. And I thought maybe even if I'm not good at this, it can be really soothing to kind of just sit down and do your makeup for an hour or two. So I thought it would be only natural for me um, to kind of try my own little thing. I really enjoyed it. I didn't think anything of it. I didn't think it would blow up the way it did. I was absolutely shocked (laughs) when I released the video and um, like all the big beauty accounts started to share it. It was surreal. It was amazing. And I feel really, really lucky, you know, for having that opportunity. It's amazing. Wow. So that's how it kind of started. Um, And then it kind of took a different turn because obviously I did those transformations like I would start with the bare face and then I would do the makeup and then there's the final outcome after the transformation and people you know would see this diva all of a sudden kind of evolving from that shy girl with no makeup on at the beginning and people would really love it so I think what made that's what made the videos so popular in the beginning definitely Um, yeah, I got um, really mixed reactions after my account kind of blew up. Um, I got so much hate from people that were strangers and never really followed me before they saw my videos on like a random Facebook page or like Instagram page. So I got all these trolls or like people coming to my profile and saying really mean things, um, particularly about my face and about um, the state of my face because I used to have like a bit of a knee. So and it was something I just, you know, naturally kind of accepted. Like I wasn't thinking like my face looked so bad or, you know, it didn't bring me down in terms of my confidence on it or, or anything. And I never really like thought about it up until the point I started receiving all these comments. 
And how I did just that feel? Made, I just found it ridiculous because I just thought, you know, everybody's going through um, this phase or in their life and they have a bit of a knee or something or like everybody has some sort of imperfection. And to me, it was just like, I couldn't really comprehend it. Like I wouldn't see why people would meet, like leave such nasty comments on my, on my stuff. So it was really weird. But then I just, you know, it just made me question whether I'm just not turning a blind eye towards how I looked. So that's when I started to question, maybe I do need to treat my acne or like I need to do something about it. Maybe it's not just a face. Maybe it's a problem that I've been ignoring the whole time. So that's what kind of made me think about that. But I never lost my confidence. I never lost the way I looked at myself. I just started to um, treat this you know, um, problem and I tried to look um, into things and research you know, what would be the best way to um, improve the situation that I was in. So that's what helped me in a way, like all this hate. And I, um, my skin is so much better now. So I'm thankful for it in this sort of way. And did you ever reply to them? Or how did you react when you started reading these negative things? Yeah. Um, so I remember the first time, like I was really shocked. And I tried to reply to everything on and eventually it got to a point when I was not able to anymore because there was just so many. Yeah. But I would always speak like the most bad ones and I would always respond with kind words because I've never made a hateful comment like that myself. And I was just trying to, um, you know, get inside of the head of that person. I was just trying to imagine like what this person must be coming through that leads them to, you know, make comments like this. And I just figure out it must be a person or, you know, the type of people who aren't really happy in their lives. Definitely. um, Are going through a, maybe that's a really bold statement. Like maybe they're just not, they're just going through a rough patch or something. And that's, that's fine. And I felt compassion and I felt empathy. And um, I just felt it was my place to get back to them with something positive to make them realize that perhaps it was not right for them to make that comment and maybe I had feelings too and maybe you know they're still good people after saying this and I did not judge them so I wanted them to know and um, people's reaction to love on their hate was always super positive like I would have had people always replying to me saying I'm so sorry like my account was hacked or my little cousin was on my account. I'm so sorry that this comment uh, appeared under your post. I'm so ashamed I won't ever make a comment like this ever again. Some people just said they wanted to um, have my attention and that they felt really sorry and um, so many of them actually even ended up following me so that's a really good paradox um, and I like to talk to these people and to this day like I always make time to to reach out to them and you know offer my kindness. Do you know what, Rady? I've spoken to lots of people in jobs like ours about trolls and no one has ever said it to me like that before. And that is just, it's very admirable, first of all, that you would be kind enough to go back to them in that way. And also there's that phrase if you always do what you've always done you'll always get what you've always got and actually that is such a different approach to them and look at the outcome you've had and I mean you've been so vocal about so many different things on your platform and I really admire your bravery Rady to just bear all and invite conversations when you know that the response 
is going to be, you know, you're going to have to deal with these people that say negative things as well as the positive. Um, but one of the things I've definitely watched you have lots of positive interactions about is when you share things to do with your body confidence journey. Um, could you tell us a little bit about that and what it's been like sharing that part of your journey with a big group of people? Yeah, um, so basically I really love, you know, making these body confidence posts because it's, again, for me, it's always been something I didn't really worry about naturally. I don't know why, but um, I think it was connected to to the way I was growing up. Like I wasn't a girly type of, you know, typical girl. I never worried about my makeup, about the way I dressed um, and stuff like that. So I was never really concerned about the way my body looked. Like I knew it wasn't perfect, but then again, I had the same approach that I had with my skin. I just thought, you know, nobody's body is perfect. Like everyone has something that they're not happy with and it's okay. Um, and even after I started to post, that was when I actually realized that this is such a problem for so many people. And it was the same about my skin. Like I would get um, DMs from people saying, you're so brave for putting yourself out there. And I would never understand what they meant. For me, it was just completely natural. Like I never really questioned it. And it was the same with the body thing. Um, but I started to have problems with my body confidence. And the story about how that happened was that basically I, when I started to get really interested in makeup, I really wanted to do a makeup course. So I went to Prague in Czech Republic, which is the capital, and I took a makeup course that took like five full weeks. And I was 20 years old and I went there completely on my own, which is scary enough, as you can imagine. And it was five full weeks of training and the day would start at 9am and the class would end around 5pm. So it was just like a full time kind of job yeah. for five weeks. And I was, I didn't really find the time to eat or like, um, you know, have a routine that would be typical to my normal routine at home. Yeah. So all of a sudden everything was kind of disrupted and coming back home, I found out that I lost 10 kilograms, which is like 22 pounds. Oh my which gosh, was a lot Friday, yeah. My, I mean, for my body weight, it was a lot. Yeah. Um, and for my height and obviously um, everybody noticed like all my family, all my friends and even though my body wasn't perfect back then, I would get like cheeky little comments from people, from my friends at school, like every now and then, like saying something like implicating really gently that maybe I'm not the right size, but it wasn't like rude, like straight up to my face, you know? And I always thought maybe, you know, these people are just joking um, and maybe I shouldn't take it seriously. Maybe they're just, you know, trying to make fun of me in a, you know, in a good way. So when I came back home and I started receiving all these compliments, it was a massive change to what I was used to. Yeah. And I realized, you know, um, I would get compliments like, oh, you finally look amazing. You're finally not fat like you used to be. And I thought, oh, my God, like everybody lied to me and everybody pretended I looked fine when in fact they all thought I wasn't that fine, you know, and it was just all very scary. And it just prompted this um, sort of reaction in me when I got like obsessively subconsciously like obsessed with my body um, yeah. back then and now and I like compared like all the time which is so wrong 
Um, but I didn't think it was wrong back then. I thought it was it was needed and I, that I needed this change in order to look good, which is absolutely wrong. Um, but I was just misguided like that. Um, so that was when I first started to question my body weight and the way I looked, but never before that. So it was like a, a skate, cascade of things. And then from there, so you came home, this weight had fallen off. When you got back to a normal routine, did you did you change the routine that you were used to having prior to that course and make changes to make sure that you could sustain, you know, these compliments, this new surge of attention? Yeah. yeah so basically, I promised to myself internally, privately, that I would have never allowed myself to go back to my original weight, mm. um, which is a really dangerous and stupid thing to do. And I didn't know where it could lead. But I thought it was just a good thing to do, you know, because everybody said I looked amazing all of a sudden and I didn't want to look bad again. So for me, it was a natural kind of thing to say to myself. And now I just realized how how stupid it was. But um, yeah, I just kind of had to go through that to realize it. But basically, I um, it was really interesting because it wasn't like I intentionally stopped eating or like skipped meals. It was just like, I would tell myself, oh, I'm, I'm not that hungry because I basically spent all those five weeks not eating that much. And when you don't eat properly for five weeks, you, you have, you're under this impression that you don't actually need food as much as you thought you did. Because, you know, when I survived five weeks without, you know, proper meals, like each day, I can survive every single day after that. So um, that was really stupid. Um, and I, I wish I had somebody in my life who would have stepped in and just said, um, this is not right. But I would just convince myself and I would convince everyone else in the room that I was just not hungry. I just didn't need that much food. That I was just overeating um, before that. And, you know, everybody kind of believed me and um, it was okay because I didn't look that skinny. But eventually it just got to a point when I, I just didn't look healthy at all. And I had the most random people in my life, like my tutors at uni that I wasn't really friendly with, but like they would stop me at uni and just talk to me and just say, Rady, like we care about you and you need to do something about this because we're not telling this to you because we want to bring you down, but we want to help you. So it just was alarming enough for me by that point that when strangers and people um, that um, I was not close with approached me and addressed this, I thought there's something wrong. Um, so that was like a tipping point for me. And then towards the end of my um, bachelor studies, I was just um, the lowest weight I ever was. And I just looked in the mirror and I realized I looked unhealthy and just really not good and that uh, I can get into serious trouble if I continue in this way. So um, I talked to my parents. I, I told them that I acknowledged that um, I'm basically not healthy and that I need to make some changes. And I, I promised to them that I'm going to make those changes. And I sort of did. And it was really hard at start because I was not used at eating food. And then I just got to a point when I was physically sick trying to eat which right. is the worst because yeah. it's a really hard point of return back then. Like it's really hard to get back to normal. 
but I managed to to do it over the period of time. Um, and I would say that recovery is like confidence. It's like never ending process. You always get temptations and like even lockdown, it's been really hard for people with um, eating disorders and um, people who overcome eating disorders because there are so many triggers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been really lucky to to have a really good support around me. And I've been talking about this really openly to people that are close to me and to my followers. Um, and I don't, you know, I think it's really important to talk about because so many people are going through similar issues without ever speaking yeah. about them to anybody, like even closest of people. I get DMs from young girls who are, you know, 12, 13 years of age, and all they want is to change their appearance com- completely at this age, which is terrifying. It's terrifying. It's awful. And, um, you know, we take the responsibility. Um, we people on social media, we creators, we need to change the conversation and we need to be the example for these kids. Yeah. And I just really always wanted to make sure that my platform and my account is a open space. It's a safe space for people to come to connect to the and me and just be open. And this is working really, really well. And I'm so thankful for having this space and for having that trust. It's, it's amazing. But that is entirely because you've created that, Rady, like that exact space that you've described is completely intrinsic in everything that you put out there. And just coming back to something you mentioned there where you said you wish you'd had someone to tell you or, you know, someone to step in when you were Mm -hmm. struggling on that journey the way that you have spoken to people and I've watched you for, because I know we mentioned this the other day, but for anyone listening, Radie and I met, we worked out about three and a half years ago. And interestingly, I wasn't even working with It Cosmetics at the time, um, but Radie and I were both chosen to be part of a shoot with them and that's where we met. So that's three and a half years of watching you share your stories and share these parts of your journey. And when you do open up about something like this, because it is such a sensitive subject and there are so many people that want to talk, but they don't know how, the response you get is really, it's overwhelming for someone to look at in the best possible way, but it must just feel so overwhelming for you in the best possible way that people feel so comfortable to talk to you. Yeah, it's amazing. And just, you know, being able to listen to them is sometimes enough. And, you know, I sometimes just post something on my story and just, um, you know, say something like having rolls on your belly is all right. Or, you know, um, having small chest is all right. Or like having whatever imperfection you're torturing yourself over and over again. It's okay to have it. It's okay to not be perfect, to accept it and to move on and you know, sometimes it's all you need to see that day for you to feel better. Like I am like that when I see, um, I am really careful about the people and like particular about the people that I follow. Um, I always want to see a positive energy in my feed, and I want to see people that, that make me feel good about myself. Um, so I try to be the same for other people. Definitely. And Another point that you made that I think is worth revisiting here is there is a level of responsibility that sits with people that put out 
content or, you know, share things regularly to make sure that they're reinforcing these positive messages. What would you like to see more from, from social media content creators? What do you think that as a collective, the content creators could do to inspire confidence in the people that are looking at them? Um, I just really like when people talk and share openly like their struggles. And obviously I completely understand that this is not something everyone feels comfortable to do. And it's okay. Like I do not think in any way or any form that as a content creator, you have the responsibility to share your internal um, stuff. And you, I, I think you should only do what you feel comfortable doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just love, I just love when I see people open up about their lives and not only share the good, but also share the bad and everything in between. And it's very empowering um, to see that you're not the only one struggling or that, you know, something you thought you were alone in, you, you all of a sudden you find out that you're not. And um, it's so common and there are other people like you that feel the exact same way. Um, so that's what I'd like to see more um, from creators, just being real and just being raw. Um, but at the same time, you can't really force people to be that way. Um, you, you just have to feel it and be, you know, genuine. Otherwise it, it has no value. Exactly. Exactly. And being in such a public capacity, Rady, how do you think that impacts your confidence? Um, it definitely impacts my confidence. I mean, um, when you get recognized on the streets of cities like, you know, London or New York City and receive compliments from, from complete strangers, of, of course, it, it makes a massive like change in your confidence. It's a great boost. But on the other side, like it also has a dark side to it. Like, for instance, and I've spoken publicly about this because that's also something I don't think many creators talk about, um, like how much of a... Um, unstable environment social media is and you know it's it's not something you can predict and sometimes you can you can do your absolute best and um the numbers are not what you would like them to be and that's okay and for me it was a true eye-opener because I just thought you know what like this is not what defines me this is not who I am like I'm really I have so many qualities I'm kind I'm hardworking. I'm creative I'm loving I'm supportive um so many different things I'm not a content creator that's not what defines me that's just my job and I realized this and obviously it's it's something that's always been at the back of my head but I did not live live it up you know like and now I'm kind of forced I was kind of forced to to come to terms with it like truly and just accept it and I've learned so much from this experience and I'm so thankful for it after all which is a paradox because ultimately as a content creator you always try to chase the numbers because you know that's how it is in this industry but I think there's so much more than that in life and even as a content creator. I agree and what do you think, Rady, all of that in mind, there's so many different parts to you and things in your life that you value. What makes you feel the most confident or who? Um, it sounds funny, but I honestly think um, I am the person that holds the power to make myself feel most confident because I just 
you know, when I and I work hard and I achieve something, there's nothing like it. Like I feel like I'm at the top of the world, like I can do anything. And that is something that can't be conditioned by other people or like other circumstances. I think it's something that, again, like should be ever present and should be coming from within. So I think I'm the person for myself. And obviously I would have been nothing if I had not been encouraged by my parents early on as I was growing up, um, by countless of my friends. Obviously that's a part of it and it's really important to have um, that someone even if it's one person, it makes a massive difference in your life that you can always talk to, that you can share stuff with um, and just feel like this is something that's always going to be there for you. It's really important to have that someone. And I think it's a massive part of growth and confidence. Um, you know, some people aren't that lucky. I have DMs from so many girls, you know, I'm not feeling supported at home. And I feel it makes a massive difference and it's so easy for me. And I feel so privileged that I can say, you know, I am the person that holds the power to, to be confident. Um, when I got the amount of support that I had, not everyone's so lucky, but ultimately I, I think no matter what background you have, what you're coming, like what you're going through, I think ultimately it's always down to you to be confident because nobody else can do that job for you. It's just harder for some people naturally from, you know, given the circumstances they grew up in and stuff like that. But ultimately, it's everyone's own responsibility and power that they hold within themselves. Righty, that has been the loveliest conversation. And I took so much from it. And I can't imagine how much someone else is going to take from listening to this. So thank you for being so open and just speaking so purely and from the heart about everything um tell us where we can find you and what we can expect when we do if someone wants to reach out to you at grwrady and what you can expect i would say that you can expect um my perfectly imperfect me (laughs) (laughs) and lots of makeup and obviously i'll be very happy to see you there and if you come along reach out to me dm me as i said like my dms are always open And I'm always looking forward to um, chat to new people and make new connections. So I'll be very happy to connect with you guys. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Raidy. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening. And if you liked this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. You can find us on social media at It Cosmetics on Facebook, It Cosmetics UKI on Instagram, and discover more interviews like this at itcosmetics.co.uk. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you soon.